Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Hello game day fans, this is Sam Matterface. Who wants a bonus midweek round of matches from the world's greatest league? Oh, there's a surprise. Steve Cook's got his hand up again. Uh, right, here we are with a preview of every single one of the matches taking place this week on the Game Day Premier League preview podcast from TalkSport. Manchester United have been beaten again. They take on Burnley this week. And Rashford has joined Kane on the treatment table. So all eyes are on England hopefuls. Ings, oh, Tammy, Tammy. And if Jamie can find his magic torch and light the path back to an England return. Uh, Frank gave Mikel the blues as Chelsea stole the headlines from Arteta's homecoming party. But Lampard's team have turned their home into the bridge of size. Liverpool chalked up their 19th consecutive home win over the weekend. But how will they fare against the league's comeback kids? They play Wolves on Thursday. We'll concentrate on the relegation battle as beleaguered Bournemouth take on Brighton, whose only win in nine games was against the Cherries. And it's Aston Villa against Watford at Villa Park. Plus Leicester West Ham, Tottenham Norwich, Everton Newcastle and Sheffield United versus Manchester City. This is Game Day, Premier League preview show. And Nicole Holiday's here. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm very good. I've got a bit of a rough voice today. I must admit, I, I did have a couple of extra glasses of dancing on ice red wine last night, so I feel a little bit sort of throaty. Yeah, so I was going to say, apologize. you look a bit dodgy. Thank you very much. Nicole, <laughs> by the way, is a, a fan of 10th placed Arsenal. Uh, draws with Palace and, and Sheffield United over the last couple of... Thank uh, you. They are on the verge of something special. <laughs> they, they, they are, David. I asked the producer, actually, whether or not we could have a little sign, a soundbite of you saying something special, Arsenal on the verge of something special, but you just provided it naturally. Yep. You know that's your cue now, <laughs> don't you? Absolutely, yeah. How are we feeling about Arsenal at the moment, Nicole? Are you wholly satisfied with the Arteta reign? What do you think, Sam? Do you think I'm satisfied right now with Arsenal? Tenth place Arsenal, as you like to remind me. Um, no, funnily enough. I'm not satisfied. I want to win. Right, let's look at the battle uh, at the bridge in detail. Chelsea against Arsenal is the big game of the week. Uh, to Saka. Saka inside to Ozil. Ozil, 10 yards outside the penalty area. Good little ball from Lacazette to... It's a cross. It's 1-0 from nowhere. Martinelli scores. Just to his right, a little pass to Barkley. Barkley further right now to Rhys James. James inside to Adoy, little give and go. Can James get the crossing by the dead ball line? He can. Good ball in as well. Headed by Abraham into the back of the net. It's 2-0. And uh, Aspilicueta lifts it in. Abraham's into the back of the net. Coming in round the back. Calamance, Hudson Adoy for number three. Too easy. And this could be anything there for Chelsea. 
Arsenal out for revenge after what happened in the first game between these two this season when Chelsea came back and won by two goals to one. Um, Arsenal got two wins in the last 14 Premier League games. Uh, they were in control on Saturday um, until the latter part. They lost the previous game between these two late on because of that uh, Tammy Abraham goal rise at the very end and the change in momentum after Jorginho wasn't sent off. Yes, I know you'll mention it, so I did it for Thank you. Thank you. Do you think there's a stamina problem at Arsenal, David? And if so, how does Mikel Arteta deal with that? Because maybe he has to sacrifice his principles and stop them playing a certain way to conserve a bit more energy. Yeah, I mean, I was at the Emirates, um, so I saw the game against Sheffield United and um, look, Sheffield United had a clear game plan, knock the ball in behind, try and turn Mustafi, Louise, and get them defending let Leno have the ball at his feet and try and press him when he plays out because he cannot play out and it really worked look they sort of regressed a little bit and Arsenal settled down they scored a, a, a really good goal don't get me wrong Martinelli you know was effective at times but the key problem the key issue the game turned you're 1-0 up against the Sheffield United side who are flying high brilliant away from home he took off Alexander Lacazette. Now, whatever you say about Lacazette, he was involved in the goal. He was involved in Aubameyang's goal the week before. Um, one thing he can do if he's not scoring, he can really hold the ball up. He can. His link-up play, I think, is excellent. But what he's got around him is two players, Martinelli and Pepe. All they want to do is score goals themselves. So I felt a little bit sorry for him. And he looked towards the bench when his sort of number came up. And you can tell he was he was disappointed. And they lost that focal point. They brought on young Nketiah. From then on, it was all Sheffield. They changed shape. They just battered Arsenal. Every time it went forward to Niketia, it was coming back. His runs were wrong. And I thought that was a massive call to bring a kid back from Leeds who's barely played yeah. and then put him on when really they had the game sewn up. Look, they weren't at their best, but at least they had the know-how. Once he came off, they had no real know-how on the I pitch. know, but I kind of... I was quite happy to see Niketia get some time because... Like you're saying, he's just come back. We've decided to keep him at Arsenal, not send him out on loan again. Um, and I, I kind of think you need to give him a bit of time, see how he gets on. I get what you mean, and Lacazette seemed very frustrated, as you, you would be as well. Um, it, it was that te last 10 minutes where Sheffield United were much better. And this is a thing, though. This is what keeps happening with Arsenal is, you know, we might score earlier on or, or we'll do all right in maybe the first half. And then we just let it go. And it's just, it's not good enough at the moment. And you can see positives. You can see what they're maybe trying to do here. But it's it's not working. And I think you're right, Sam. I think there is actually a problem with the stamina because you do see it towards the end of the game mm. where we do sort of drop off. And maybe because he's Arteta's got some of the players tracking back more than they usually would have before. Maybe yeah, They're actually that's the running problem. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's amazing. The, you know... <laughs> stop it but oh. it is true it is true and you know you're seeing a lot more work from certain players like Meza Ozil than you did previously so I guess they are gonna gonna lose that energy at a certain point uh, he said that actually it's nothing to do with stamina he initially said though after the first couple of games it was to do with stamina now he's saying it's actually game management in-game management it, overall is it sort of like a combination of the two that decision to take off um, Lacazette I think really cost them. Um, I do. And we've seen it in other games where managers make a big call with a certain amount of time left and it doesn't work out. And I think certainly that was the case with, with Lacazette. He should have stayed on the pitch. Even if he's not 
maybe getting the goals. That's or the problem, though. He's not he's, scoring. Yeah, but they didn't really need another goal. They just needed to see the game out. That's game management. OK, so they come up against Chelsea. Chelsea have had uh, their own problems over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks, especially defeats at home against teams you expect them to beat. They've gone to Newcastle again, a team you'd expect them to beat, and they've lost in the last few minutes of the game. Oh. Ridiculous set piece and terrible goalkeeping again. And I'll ask you about the goalkeeper in just a second. But they missed a lot of chances on Saturday. 19 attempts. They can't just rely on Tammy Abraham to be the only person that scores goals in that team. So when you look at these two teams, obviously both inconsistent but to greater or lesser degrees, who do you think is going to come out on top here, David? Because ultimately this is... Chelsea actually like quite like counter-attacking, don't they? And, and, and are they going to be allowed, given that sort of ability at the bridge, at home, or are they going to be expected to come out and play? Well, I think that Arsenal aren't going to change. They're going to try and play out the way they do, which I don't think suits them. Um, and I think that, look, Frank has said, there's not a lot we can do. We can't practice finishing any more than we do. They practice it till the cows come home. Mm. Now, I think some of that might be aimed, I don't think it is aimed at Abraham, but, you know, he got on the end. It, Tammy, it, exactly. It? It's those around him. Yeah. But he did have a few opportunities, but also mm -hmm. where he didn't take he had, them. He had but three clear-cut opportunities. Yeah. One was a fantastic save from yeah. Martin Dubravka. One a bit of inventiveness with his little flick, yeah, you know. Probably offside anyway when that one yeah, came in. But I think that he needs, and he said this before, he needs someone to unlock a, a door. Now I don't know whether they'll. I don't think Arsenal will sit in. That's not really their style. Mm. So they, I don't think they'll have to sort of beat a block necessarily. Chelsea here, they'll just have to move the ball a lot, lot quicker and be ruthless when they get the opportunity. In terms of the game itself, as an Arsenal fan going to the bridge on uh, Tuesday night, are you? Uh, expecting to come away with something or do you go there full of dread? At the moment, a bit full of dread. I mean, the thing is, yeah, if Tammy Abraham doesn't score, you do think, you do wonder where they're going to get goals from. However, defensively, Arsenal are still not good enough and going forward, this is a problem though. We can get well, goals. Noel Bamiyang is, is a bit of an issue, it but is. Martinelli does seem to find the back of the net so regularly, doesn't Exactly, he? and there was a lot of pressure on him because Bamiyang's not in the team, and obviously he won't be in the side for this game either. Um, so it's, you know, there is a lot of pressure on Martinelli, but in a way, I think because he's being, he's kind of has to play, because we don't have a Bamiyang, maybe he knows that he's got to step up and he seems to handle the pressure quite well. Apparently his work ethic is absolutely brilliant. He looks very good, but I just think on the whole, Arsenal just aren't good enough right now. You know, we're playing away. Oh, I'm, no, I'm not feeling confident as a fan. How can you? Chelsea themselves, I think they need a defender, central defender to take command of that 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 back line that was certainly missing right at the end of that game against Newcastle. They might need it against Arsenal. Um, that game kicks off at 8.15 on Tuesday night, English time. Liverpool's win over Manchester United would have been more substantial, I think, if VAR had allowed that Firmino goal. Now, for me, it's not a foul, is it? Is it a foul? Van Dyke. Oh. Absolutely not. I it's knew not you'd say that. Yeah, because he, well, Van Dyke's got his eyes on the ball. His his hand doesn't go across the goalkeeper. Doesn't go anywhere near the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper's weak. And the goalkeeper's weak. He's mm -hmm. just got to claim it with two hands. And I'm particularly peeved because I did a little piece before the game, and yeah. um, one player I picked out was was Firmino because he doesn't necessarily get the glory like the other forwards. Yeah. The poor lad hasn't but, scored at Anfield since March. Yes. And that goal is chalked off because of some little brush on David De Gea's hair follicles. Absolutely. <laughs> and he is in a top, he is a top player. One of the most intelligent players I've seen. The other two obviously get the goals and the glory, so I was particularly gutted for him. Um, but certainly VAR, yeah, that was definitely a goal.
Um, they're very organised, Liverpool. One of the things that I think I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's eight Premier League clean sheets in a row now. They they get themselves into a position where they're winning the game or they're in, they've got an advantage in the game and they strangle the game and stop everybody else from playing. That's why they don't concede any goals. They actually gave up a couple of big chances in the game against Tottenham and in the game against Manchester United. Anthony Martial obviously has an unbelievable mm-hmm. chance, which... I don't even know where he was shooting, but it wasn't at the goal. Um, but but ultimately, there's a bit of fortune about it, but they're, they're very, very well organised, aren't they? And once you do get yourself in front of the game, they can play the game at their pace. Yeah, but I think this will be a much tougher game. I yes. mean, you look at how Wolves you know, crafted some of their goals at the weekend, and particularly from the likes of Neto, who looks absolutely outstanding. What a talent that kid is. I mean, for the penalty for Johnny, he looked to play the ball wide, then played it straight through the middle. He got brought 19. Yeah. Um, he scored in this reverse fixture, and it was chalked, chalked off. off. Yep. Um, what a goal that was, and the celebration was just as good. So, look, this will be a, a <laughs> until very... Until he realised. Yeah, until he realised. This will be a very, very, very... Very difficult game for Liverpool, and um, uh, I know uh, Jurgen Klopp said afterwards he yeah. realises that, and th- this will be. I'm sure at half time they got a rollicking, you know, and they, I think they've had a rollicking about 15 times because they've gone down about 15 games. I think they've conceded first. They are the comeback kids. Though, they are the they? comeback kids. So maybe he's he's an inspired half time. He's a, got that team talking. I don't know. They're a good team to watch as well, aren't they? Dharma Traore, he's been I in love fantastic him. form. He's so good. He, he, and he's no longer that, that, that player who can get hold of it, run into the, the corner, and you don't know what's going to happen next. You know exactly oh, what's going to happen next. He's got guile. He's, he's got craft, guile, yeah. craft. He's learned. He is a tank. He, he can cut open a defence, and he's massive as well, he isn't is he? He is so big, but also pacey. Yeah. For someone well, who's... Well, he's like a sprinter. Just, he's built like a 100-metre yeah. sprinter, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think, as well, credit to Wolves to come back from being 2-0 down and win the game 3-2. I mean, that shows some character, doesn't yeah, it's it? Not the I mean, this, time they've done it, though, is it? Well, no, there's stats here. They've won 18 points from losing positions. They've scored 68% of their goals in the second Second half. half, They've conceded first in 16 games and seven in a row. Now, if they do that against Liverpool... I don't think they'll come back. No, that's the big no, difference no. though, isn't it? Because Liverpool, like we were saying beforehand, you know, the comeback kids are all right when they're playing against teams who do give you more chances and but, but Liverpool don't do that. Once they establish their lead, they strangle football matches. Yeah, and it, look, if Troy's on it like he was against Southampton, he can power past people like he was against Man City. Arguably, he's, you know, he's probably one of the standout players in the Premier League mm-hmm. this season. He's been massive for Wolves. He'll pose Liverpool sort of problems that they haven't really faced I don't think so far and uh, Troy on his day can be a handful and to me Raul Jimenez has got to be one of the he's got to be one of the best strikers he's absolutely incredible Mm -hmm. I mean one of the things I like about him is watching the way he finishes because he's got this brilliant way of bringing the ball into his body and then finding tight finishes perfectly into the corner the other night against Southampton was excellent when they brought him in he took a while to get going, didn't he? Get to the pace of the Premier League, and it, he didn't rack up a huge amount of goals last season. But he ultimately, he certainly has now. I think they didn't win for the first six games. They they this got season, to, yeah. yeah, they got to a very slow start, and obviously they've had Europa League football. They're balancing all that, um, but you got to say, showed real character to come back from two 0 down the Saints yeah. side, who have been in brilliant form. What a result! Probably the result of the weekend. I know, but. Still, do you see them being able to get some points against Liverpool? Liverpool are just so incredible. Well, no one moment. else has, has they? Really? I mean, yeah, so you wouldn't I don't ex- see it you know, happening. They're obviously going to be second. Look, Molyneux, Molyneux is a stadium that is absolutely mm-hmm. rocking at the minute. Mm-hmm. So that will be as tough a game this season as they'll have. Whether they can take points off them, I don't. <sighs> I don't know. But I think if Liverpool got a point there, look with the lead they've got, they'll probably take that. I think and move on. 
New feature time, and uh, oh. we debuted this the other day, uh, where we uh, put these three games into a hat, draw them out, and then you've got 60 seconds to uh, to preview them off the top of your head. I feel scared. Do you? Are you <laughs> yeah, nervous about this? I am a little bit. Paul Parker was brilliant at it, by the oh. way. He was absolutely fantastic. No pressure. Yeah, so, you know, you've got to live up to the parks. Um, okay, so um, Lucy, who is our producer, could you just hand me the velvet bag, please? Uh, I feel like much. I don't know how long a minute is. It, it was 60 seconds. Oh, well done, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Nicole, we'll get you um, one out here, first of all. Right, here we go. Okay. Uh, your one is... Oh, Sheffield United versus Manchester City, and your time starts now. Sheffield United, Manchester City. Do you know what? This is going to be a very interesting game. Look, we oh, know... Thank you. We, <laughs> we know Manchester City are an incredible team. However, they aren't in form the way they were. They're not the Manchester City that we've known from the past few seasons. I don't think... Look, going forward, we know they're great. We know they've got Aguero, who scored two goals on the weekend. We know they've got Raheem Sterling. We know they can score. However, defensively, they are still struggling. Without Laporte, they never replaced company, but they're still an incredible team. However, Sheffield United, I've been so impressed with them. It's a touchy subject, you know. They took a point, well, they took two points away from Arsenal, I'm going to say. I'm sorry, I think that Arsenal should have got that win. Um, so it's going to be quite a close one, actually. But at Bramall Lane, which I'm pretty sure is where the game is, um, it's, it might be a hard one for City to get three points. I love Chris Wilder. I think he's an absolute legend. At uh, least Musset is looking very good as well. And he gets goals in important games. There we are. Yeah, it is at Bramall Lane. This is, this is what I mean. I was like, is it at Sheffield United? <laughs> sure. Um, it's quite weird at a minute because you don't know where you're at with the minute. I didn't know if there was going to be I mean? a, a clock. Like, Neither did I. No, no, no. It, 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 the music does ramp towards the end. So you, you know, crescendo. Was yeah, there a crescendo? I, felt, yeah, there I didn't hear the crescendo. Well, you, you, I felt my heart rate going. It's because we were reaching desperately. <laughs> uh, I like Chris Wilder. How many seconds did I lose up there? Uh, right, OK. Uh, let's go for this one. Here we go. Uh, it's uh, David Connolly's got Manchester United versus Burnley. Oh, goodness me. Well, where do United go from here? Um, it was interesting, the team before, obviously, the game, we were all wondering how he was going to line up without, devoid of McTominay, devoid of their best creative midfielder, Paul Popper, devoid of Marcus Rashford. What could they do? Ultimately, not a lot against Liverpool, <laughs> although they did put up a bit of a fight, you'd have to say. But they're going against a Burnley side who got a great victory against Leicester. They were absolutely... You know, superb. Nick Pope in goal showed all his quality. He made so many outstanding saves, not just a penalty. Showed real character. Obviously, they're in a terrible run of form. Um, what does Sean Dyche do? Now, if he goes to United, I think he'd probably think, well, you know what? You might have a chance of beating these. These are probably, United are probably as weak as they've been for a, a little while. If Luke Shaw retains his place left centre half, maybe Big Wood could get him. Big Rodriguez, I don't know. They're missing Barnes, obviously. Are they going to make some signings soon? I think they really need to to give them a chance of staying up. I think for United, they need to win this one. They've got Man City next, then Wolves. Tough games. Hey! It's good. <laughs> I liked it. it good. I felt on edge. But Did I was you? nodding along in yeah. agreement. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like okay. That. So that Convincing. means I'm left with Tottenham versus Norwich. <laughs> oh, that's a, oh, I bet that's a coincidence, is it? Are you doing that game? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that game. Oh. Um, I did do the previous game between the two, though, which was, um, it wasn't on Boxing Day, it was about three you games You can't afterwards. regurgitate and use all that. It's <laughs> and that be new finished 2-2. Two, two. Uh, but Spurs, to me, I, I did their game on Saturday against Watford, and I thought they lacked air, energy, physicality, focal point, muscle, goals. And that's not just because of Harry Kane. 
they're lacking a lot in midfield as well and I know they've got a huge injury list but they need reinforcements they haven't scored in the Premier League without Harry Kane for 195 minutes so that clearly is a major problem I think Daniel Farker said they needed to win seven games in order to stay in the Premier League Adrian Durham said it on uh, Game Day Live that's not going to happen well they won one at the weekend they now need to win six but the next two games are against Tottenham and then Liverpool it's going to be very very difficult for them Duda I thought made an impact they signed him from Germany. He's on loan till the end of the season. Almost scored the goal that Steve Cook saved halfway through uh, the first half. Uh, but um, uh, look, ultimately, they're going to cause Tottenham problems, aren't they? Because they've got good players going forward. Hey. Also, dear. do you know Jake Watson, who does TalkSport 2? He said if uh, Pookie got a 10th goal this season, that he'd get a Pookie tattoo on his bum. Oh. So uh, that's oh. happening. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, fun J- fact there. We should get Jake in here. <laughs> I want to see that pookie tag. So, so he wants a, poo- a pookie on his bum? Yeah. Hey, you like that one, don't you? Yeah. I, li- I like the thought of it. <laughs> it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Right, let's move on to Leicester versus West Ham. Plenty of shirts to aim for. In it goes into the channel. It's Haller, and it's into the back of the net. West Ham 1-0 up here at the London Stadium. Issa Diop getting ahead on that in-swing cross from Robert Snodgrass. Leicester spring forward here with Harvey Barnes. Edge of the penalty area. Can he get the space to get the strike? And he might. It's Harvey Barnes who puts it into the net. It's through the legs of Nick Pope and Leicester City get that first goal. Harvey Barnes with it. Great driving run after attacking the middle of the park, which some may have felt should have gone Burnley's way. Sean Dyke absolutely livid, but Harvey Barnes manages to get the yard there on the defender and Leicester City get the breakthrough.
David Moyes has come in and immediately they had a lift West Ham United. They beat Bournemouth by four goals to nil, but it was against Bournemouth. This is a huge job for David Moyes. Goals are a problem at both ends. Now, this is stat of the week, I think, right? I'm going to throw it out there. This is stat of the mm-hmm. week. David, did you know that West Ham United have used as many goalkeepers in the last six league games as they did in all of the league games between <clears throat> 1973 wow. and 1988? Yes. What? I knew that, yes. How amazing okay, is that? Okay, well, my I mind's didn't, didn't blown. Really, obviously <laughs> How amazing is that? Wow. So they've used David Martin, Roberto Fabianski, and now Darren Randolph, who they've just signed from Middlesbrough back again. Um, wow. And in those 15 years at the end of the 70s and throughout most of the 80s, they only used Phil Parks, Mervyn Day, Bobby Ferguson and Tom McAllister. Yep. Wow. That is absolutely sensational. Yeah, and obviously Randolph, there was a big question mark, wasn't there, whether you know he was fit with his long injury layoff, but you know he's coming. I think that's a really good signing. It's the longest medical in history, but yes, yeah, yeah, eventually got done. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Woodgate, you could tell, wanted that yeah. money. You know, I think he wanted that deal so, done. Come on. Yes. Um, the concern for for West Ham is there's so much obviously unrest. <laughs> a lot. Where do you start? Well, there's so much unrest. You know, there was protests again before mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. Um, fans aren't happy. The owners have been in charge for ten years. There's no, you know, obviously the progression isn't where they anticipated or where they should be. If you look at the bench against Everton, he had five defenders, a goalkeeper, and one forward. And that is a concern mm-hmm. for West Ham, particularly when Allaire obviously had a really good chance <clears throat> against Jordan Pickford. I don't yep. know if you saw... Three decent his... chances this week and he didn't take any of them. Well, his mm-hmm. technique on the finish. If you look at, say, those players who have gone through on goal, you know, you talk about Jimenez, the clean strike, and players yeah. like that, Vardy, clean strikers of the ball. I looked at his finish and he went with his instep. There was no way he was going to get the ball past Jordan Pickford with an, an instep finish. He had to go with his laces and, and rifle it. So he just looks <clears throat> really low in confidence. So is, is that what you put it down to then? Is it is it technique or is it confidence? Or do the two actually influence one another? Yeah. Because he scored 15 in 29 last season. In the last 15 matches for West Ham, he scored two goals. Yeah, yeah. isn't it six goals in 21 appearances, I think, Overall, at the moment? Yeah. and. I think it's a mixture of both. It's, look, if your confidence is is down, if your confidence is low, then you're probably not going to be as on point, as clinical. But he needs to be scoring. And I think just generally, physically, I I just don't think he's good enough. There was the odd sound sound (laughs) effect in the background there. there. Yes. What was the whoosh? What was was the the apple? It It was just boom. It was boom. It was boom. What what, 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 what do you mean? Just put his foot through it. Yeah. You know, go with some belief, conviction. I mean, there's often, say, you, I don't know, Alan Shearer might be on the TV talking. Look how many times, how many goals he scored with pure Mm. power. If in doubt, I would just boom it as hard as you can. And he has power because he's a physical specimen. He's a big lad. He's got huge strapping thighs. He just needs to put his laces through it. And look, he needs a bit, no doubt, the miss. Antonio, they, they miss Felipe Anderson. Uh, we know they, all that, but they can't just keep missing everybody. No. At the end of the day, yes. you, you look at the you Excuses. look at the way they line up. They, they, they conceded goal from a corner this weekend. A terrible. I don't even know if it was mixed marking, zonal marking, or man to man marking. But ultimately, Calvert Lewin ended up with Pablo Zabaleta at the back post. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not advisable, is it? No. And look, they've got a big job on here because Leicester will want a response. Um, they weren't at their best no. ag- against Burnley. And, you know, obviously, I think they've the, the form has tailed off just a tiny bit, which was, I think, to be expected to, you know, to keep that pace on. They've had a tough run of games. But still, going to Burnley, you know, needed a result, I think, was always going to be a tough game. But look, they could have had it out of sight. They could have sewn it up, to be honest, if I did stuck the penalty away. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, they I missed mean, a lot of chances, didn't they? But they've yeah. lost a couple of games recently. Back-to-back defeats against Southampton by they two have. goals to one and against Burnley by two goals to one. In both games, they've taken the lead in those those matches as well and they've just haven't, as you say, seen them out. Yep. Is that a mentality issue, do you think? Well, Brendan Rodgers is saying that they're tired and we all know that, you know, we've had enough managers going on about it that December, Christmas... We're all tired, <laughs> Brendan. But, you know, it is a busy period of time in football. We all know this, but... There's no excuse to be taking the lead and then losing these games. Yeah, the, the problem I've got with this, oh, we're tired, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough part of the season stuff, is that the calendar you know is it's published happening. in June. Yeah. You so know you it's have to manage your squad accordingly, right? You, you, you have to plan for these eventualities. You can't plan for every eventuality. Yeah. But, for example, Marcus Rashford got injured at the weekend or in midweek um, after coming off the bench. He played 37 games this season. He was on the bench for a reason. It's because they didn't want mm-hmm. to uh, to risk him, but then did risk him, ended up getting injured, and now we're not going to see him probably until the summer. Crazy decision. But I think on, on, on Leicester, they've had a bit of a tough run, and then also they've played teams that are sort of scrapping, really scrapping for their lives. And, so needed points. You know, they've maybe needed points. I wouldn't say more than Leicester, but, you know, Leicester obviously quite comfortable up there in second. What are their ambitions for the year? Now they're in third. I guess if they finish in the top four, next season they'll be playing every three days. So they have to get used to it. Mm. So yeah. I imagine he'll be strengthening his squad, looking at what he can do. And one thing you do need is your best players available. Now, Ben Chilwell, Hamza Chowdhury, both of them left mm. out for reasons which Rogers wouldn't really elaborate apart from I don't think there were necessarily football reasons. Well, Chilwell's been concern. playing poorly. I mean, he's had a bad festive period. He had tough um, games against Manchester City, against uh, um, Liverpool. He didn't play particularly well during that period. And now we get these stories that are coming out and you just wonder whether or not it's all connected. Yeah, I mean, look, well, Hamza Chowdhury, I, I think has been, been playing well, yeah. Excellent. He's got a wonderful goal against yeah. the He's just come back into the team, hasn't yeah. he, because of the injury to Ndidi. Yeah, but he's got, he's got a, you know, him or... Papis Mendy. I mean, Mendy played at West Ham when he changed his team, but that's only Mendy's real start. So to put Mendy in instead of Chowdhury, something's gone wrong here, whether mm-hmm. Chowdhury's, you know, been not living right off the pitch, whatever it may be. But it cost him because he's the sort of player who'd put the tackles in, he'd win the second balls. Mm-hmm. You'd need that fight against the likes of Burnley and they didn't have it. So, um, you know, they've they've got a, a bit of a challenge here against West Ham because I think it'll be a tough game. But West Ham is 16th. West Ham are not very good at the moment. Do you really think that it's going to be an actual challenge. Look, Leicester obviously a bit of a dip in form, but they've still been, across the season, a brilliant team. Well, I think West Ham certainly are more organised. No matter what you say, they are definitely more organised under David Moyes, so they'll be harder to break down, that's for sure. I mean, I I agree with you, they are more organised, but they they aren't a very good team. um, And they're not in form. A lot of the players are lacking in confidence and they do lack that dynamism that Mikel Antonio gives them. I mean, it gives them a completely different outlet. Some of the flair players that they've brought into the club, you think um, how much money they've spent on Felipe Anderson, for example. Do we really think that he has delivered the value that we were expecting from him when he came in from Italian football? I'm well, not sure. Well, I played obviously for both these teams and to quick story so I left West Ham to go to Leicester and, did you and, and 40 million I, quid ironically <laughs> ironically the first game of the season yeah. who did we have West oh, Ham did you score mm. so hang on so um, game starts and the, the Leicester fans are cheering yeah we've got Dave Collins it's like it's great I get a chance is this a real story is this a dream it's a real story <laughs> right, just, just, just check a lie yeah. so I get a chance okay miss the target and then the West Ham fans sing You've got, got Dave Conley. And that's Aww. the West Ham fans. Uh, they are brilliant. The away fans are great banter from them. Oh, do you know what? 
That was my favourite story of the entire day. <laughs> Let's move to the Dream Team section of the podcast. And I'm delighted to say that Andrew Butler is here. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? Great to see you, as always. Obviously, with the extra round this week, there's a lot more fixtures. So people have got to get very quickly onto their computers, phones, apps, and, and change their team before the deadline. Yeah, do it now. Do, do it, it now. now. Right now. <laughs> you know, Actually, you'll probably be listening listen to, to this, this first. on your phone. And then you can do, do it. it at the same time. Oh right, okay. Multitasking. However, Will it be too late though? By the time they listen. No, to this? not at all. What time's the deadline? Seven twenty-nine on Tuesday evening. Right. Okay. So right up till kickoff, you can have team news, and then you can make all your changes. So other games aren't as accommodating as that. But with Dream Team, once you know who's playing, you can move your team around to maximise your points. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Everton Newcastle is on Tuesday night. Everton conceded from another set piece at the weekend, and Newcastle scored from one. Is this where this game is going to be decided? And if so. Are you putting in Newcastle defenders here? Well, Federico Fernandez had a had a wonderful game uh, in the mm. end and uh, scored thirteen points at the weekend. Um, Dominic Calvert Lewin mm. also the beneficiary of um, a corner goal, yeah, some sloppy marking. Yeah, he's um, he is now convincing me. I have to. I've been kind of sat on the fence. But you about weren't him. convinced. Before. No, I haven't been for years actually, and I know he's only twenty two. But he's one of those players that I thought kind of. Got lucky from the fact that Everton didn't really have anyone better. They had they had Richarlison, of course, but I thought Moise Kane might have you know headed ahead of him. Um, What's his name? Moise Kane. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Let's call him Moise Keane. Keane. Moise Keane. Yeah, he says it's Moise Keane, so I think we'll probably go with him. <laughs> um, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin now does, you know, he looks pretty impressive. Six he's goals a- in eight games. Yeah, six in eight. He's averaging 3.5 points uh, a game on Dream Team, which isn't too bad, actually. Yeah. It's, it's sort of there or thereabouts. David, quick word on him, because he has hasn't actually increased the number of shots that he's been having on goal. What he's been doing, he's been having better shots. <clears throat> yeah, he's more efficient. Absolutely. Yeah, he's absolutely outstanding. But I've got a player who I think is having a excellent season for Everton I wonder what sort of he points he's going to pull in that's Mason Holgate I mean he's been brilliant at the back that counted as uh, an assist for Calvert-Lewin so he got the flick on at the near post I believe he's got as many assists I think he's got three he's got more than Iwobi he's got none more than Sigurdsson Mm. and I think only Dinu and Sidibe have got more for Everton and he's been I saw him at the Amex and he was outstanding at the back and he's a player I think's really improved this season obviously he was at West Brom last season yeah, and Ancelotti's obviously come in, done the business um, with them. Um, I'm slightly concerned about their, their next few games, though. I'm not saying that they'll drop off again, but they've got um, Palace at home, Arsenal away, Man United home, Chelsea away, Liverpool home, following um, this fixture against Newcastle. So if you put in Everton players, you'll be slightly concerned about what comes after this Exactly, game. yeah. And I, I can't see Calvert-Lewin as good form that he's in, kind of carrying on the, the form that, that he's had in the last few games. And what about Newcastle United? Because I read this week that Steve Bruce isn't fully appreciated as the manager of Newcastle because now of the narrow margin of his victories. I mean, what has this guy got to do? Oh, I mean, it's like, ridiculous. He's got more points from his first 23 Premier League games than Benitez. They've scored more goals during that period and they've conceded less goals during that period. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm at a loss. 
Why, yeah. why, why don't they appreciate what he's done? Well, I think they, they certainly will. I mean, the, 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 the tide will turn. for six months and one day. <laughs> yeah, I think they just have to be patient. Look, I mean, how he wants them to play, I think, suits what they've got. I think he said he'll, he'll need about three, four, five transfer windows if he gets it. And it looks like he's got a good relationship, maybe not with the fans, but certainly with Mike Ashley and those above him. What he does have, as well as a, a good defence at the minute, is a goalkeeper. I don't know what, what Andrew thinks on this. In Martin Dubravka, some of his saves, I mean, he's been absolutely outstanding. He made a great one-on-one against Kante. Just stood up superbly. Yeah. And, you know, you need your goalkeeper to make saves. We've said Conte's, that about Kepa. Kante should have brought it back, though, shouldn't he? Do you think? I just think he, he made a great... I don't think he was on to... I think he was on to go for goal. Tammy was waiting in the middle there. Yeah. No, you're not sure, are you? I would have gone for He goal. made a good save from Tammy as well. How many points has he got? He's got 51 points, which is um, in the top 10. Goalkeepers, obviously, as you'd expect. Eight points last weekend. Um, yeah, I agree. He's been been absolutely brilliant. Um, I wanted How to do just I join this Dream Team? Because I think I'd do quite well. <laughs> Dreamteamfc.com for us. Okay. Mate, mate, <laughs> you have to I'm go online funny. for that. Te- te- Technology's not your strong point, oh, is it? I mean, okay. You can barely turn on your iPhone. Yeah. Okay. Or charge it, in fact. That's you true. can get it on desktop, though, as well, David. Oh, I did. We're accommodating for all users. Uh, we need to have a technology class with you, by the way. Don't, yeah. don't pick up Just your iPad way. and start waving it around. We can all pick up an iPad and wave it around. Using it is the yeah. issue. By the way, the iPad's not on as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, the other game we're going to talk about is Aston Villa against Watford. Jack Grealish, absolutely amazing. Mm. One player does not make a team. That is a fact. But at the moment... He is the closest thing, right? Yeah, one player doesn't make a team, but you can However. select individuals in Dream Team to make an entire team, which is um, lucky. Jack Grealish is the sixth highest point scorer midfielder on the game this season. Wow. 116 points, another eight points for him at the weekend again. He's like far and away their best player, um, obviously, but also in terms of point scoring, um, the next best is um, El Ghazi with 79 points, which mm. shows just quite how far ahead of he is um, ahead of the rest of them um, this is a relegation six pointer I think we can call it that at this stage of the season I like that um, I know, and these are the games now that I personally love watching because mm. top of the table is done and dusted yeah. right that's I don't this is the yeah, fight this is this is the one that, that you want to see um, and similarly Watford aren't really out of it either what about so obviously Troy Deeney missed the penalty how does that how does that affect the points on Dream Team well a penalty miss, and this is a personal bugbearer uh, right. uh, of mine about our own game. Yeah, a penalty miss is minus three points. Yeah, and I have Jamie Vardy in my team. Oh uh, no! And I also have Troy Deeney in no. my team. <laughs> and minus three really does it. It, it scuppers your weekend. Yeah, I Doesn't bet. go as far as say it ruins my weekend. But close. You're yeah. picking these players because they're the penalty takers. Minus three, I personally think, is too harsh, it, and it, that is also an appeal to the people that make that game. It brings <laughs> it, it. It brings your uh, your wonderful chorister's voice down a few octaves, doesn't it? It really, it really does. <laughs> um, when Dean Smith turned up last year, by the way, Grealish had more bookings than goals and assists combined. Wow. He has done a fantastic job with him. Uh, you mentioned Watford. Uh, Isma Sar, who uh, plays on the wing, or Ismail Sar, mm. but I think his nickname is Isma. He had another big chance at the weekend against Tottenham Hotspur and missed it. What's his scores like? Uh, yeah, well, he's on 54 points so far this season. Um, 2.7 million. I'll be looking kind of elsewhere for, for that sort of a price. Mm. He he has this funny knack of being able to pick up the, the 7 plus ratings. I think it's because he carries the yeah. ball so much on who scored. That's that, that's kind of like the, the metrics that he puts up. But that final ball is, sometimes, is killing them sometimes. What about these two goalkeepers? Obviously, Foster's been brilliant for Watford. You've got Pepe Reina who's come in as well. What sort of... 
Eight clean sheets, Foster, in the league this season, yeah. which I think is one of the joint most. Foster's now second highest scoring keeper in the game, oh, which wow. um, considering <laughs> Watford are 17th in the league, really does go somewhere to show just Can quite I just how have a team of goalkeepers? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> David, well, what, you, you keep doing this sort of thing where you're basketball. sort of like, yeah, well, basketball. Yeah, so it's like thing, slam right? dunk. You're about five dunk. foot four. Right? You've never played basketball. <laughs> so how what? do you know? What? There's no way. Well, if you have, you've played Have you seen some of those basketball players? A lot of them, the good ones are quite small. Okay, have you ever played basketball? I don't think any of them were small. I think the smallest <laughs> ones are about six foot three. Stockton. What? Exactly. I just <laughs> made a name up. Made a name up, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, any, any more? Are you well, made no, Foster, up Foster, though, I just wanted to mention that he's been only picked by 0.4% of players in the game as a goalkeeper, and considering you have to have a goalkeeper, is it remarkably low? Mm. Um, and I just think, is it too too much to ask for that he should be on the plane, or the bus, rather, for England's Euro Ooh, 2020 campaign? 37, I think. What, what did they get old. for a clean sheet? Uh, you get there? five points. Well, look, Villa don't have a striker. Um, haven't had one for three games in a row. So mm. if I was in Dream Team, if I was online, if so, you know. <laughs> if I could, if use, I a could use a computer, <laughs> I would have Foster in. Right, let's move on to Palace, uh, Southampton and Bournemouth against Brighton. Let's start with Palace, Southampton. Palace getting a point against uh, mm. Manchester City. It was a pretty impressive result, not for the first time away at Manchester City. Crystal Palace, very well-organised team. Southampton in a situation where they've started to put some results together, but then they've had a bit of a slip. And I wonder whether or not the, the momentum obviously changes quite quickly when you're down in the relegation mm-hmm. zone. But ultimately you are going to have bad results. It doesn't matter how well you've recovered from a, a 9-0 thrashing. It doesn't matter how well you've dragged yourself away from the relegation zone. It, you're, you're down there for a reason. It's not always going to be roses around the door. No, but they have been in a very good run of form. You know, you look, and yeah. apart from that loss against Wolves, they've won the last two, drawn, won one, lost. You know, that's that's good. Since that, look, I know we've all been talking about that 9-0 loss and... It was horrific, but since then they have they have really really improved. They've been looking good. I mean, look, Ings has been absolutely incredible but, for but them. I wonder, David, whether or not they rely too much on Danny Ings. Absolutely. Well, yes, um, I think they do. The good thing for them is Shane Long, after a long time, um, scored, and mm-hmm. they scored two really good goals. He's also Without the trigger ends. for the press, and he, yep. he does a lot does of work mm-hmm. off the ball for he, them. He certainly does, but I think that they're up against a, a terrific Wolf side. Now, Crystal Palace, you've got to say, were absolutely superb. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to remember, Man City had scored something like 13 goals in three games. Um, so, you know, to actually nick a point off them and keep going towards the end. Now, Pep... Quite early after the game, I think was actually pinpointing John Stone, saying you can't let Wolf Zaha get yeah. a run on. Now, if you look at the goal, he's got a which he did, kept him going down the line, but he's got to stop the cross coming in. However, well, the interesting thing for me was was Roy Hodgson after when obviously Cenk Tosin scores, and it's put to him about you know the signing of Cenk Tosin. He said, "Well, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, it's, it's all down to Dougie Friedman." And um, I thought that was really interesting because Roy's basically saying that this is not my signing. Uh, Doogie Friedman has has brought him in. Now, if he does well, Doogie gets the point. If he doesn't do well, it's nothing to do with me. And I think that sort of, I think, cast a little eye-opener in terms of how Palace do business. Yes, absolutely. I I think we always knew that 
Doogie Friedman was in charge of that department of, of, and I think Roy works quite well with him. I think they get on quite quite well. well Are you not sure about that? I don't know because I think that there's certain players that, that Roy might want and that the club might want. And um, it seemed to me like even Roy said, "I haven't seen him that much." Now to take a player on that you haven't seen that much as a manager would strike me as a bit as a bit of a gamble. Mm. And I don't know why he hasn't seen that much of him unless he's alluding to the fact that he hasn't played that much. Either way, he did fingers, so well though. I was yeah, really impressed with him. Fingers crossed it it works out for them. And I've got to say, some of their football for the goal, for Zaha's goal, the pass from James McCarthy inside Cancelo was absolutely Very good. superb. Interesting. Um, mm. Let's turn our attention to Bournemouth against Brighton. Callum Wilson, 15 Premier League games without a goal now. And, and that sort of wild swipe against Norwich sort of summed it up for me, really. Although he did have a shot on target for the first time since October, so well done to him. Uh, what is the problem here, do you think, with Callum Wilson? I mean, I feel like he's not getting the service. I think would be fair to say no as well. No David Brooks, Ryan Fraser hasn't created enough chances. Yeah, um, you know, if I'm giving him a bit of leeway, I would say that. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Is it a thing of the more games you go without scoring, the the worse it becomes? I don't know, David, confidence? I have no idea. As a striker, you, you, you've gone through up... I mean, you scored quite a lot of goals in your career and you didn't go through too many droughts. So, But, but I'm sure there were times when you were worrying about where the next goal was coming from. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at him and I think, um, you know, his game is is obviously not at the at the place that he was. I think mm. he's missing his mate, Josh King, up there, no doubt. Um, mm. Bournemouth for missing him. Bournemouth for missing him as well. And I look at how they play. Maybe they could get the ball up to him a little bit quicker. I don't know, be a, a little bit more direct. I mean, if you look at how Watford have done with, with Deeney, for example, I mean, they've doubled the amount of aerial challenges he goes up for. So they're basically just playing more direct. I don't know whether that would suit... Wilson a little bit better. You look at how they concede goals, Bournemouth playing out like against you know Watford, for example, with Travers. It just wasn't on, but they continue doing that. They're up against a Brighton side who beat them, obviously, previously. So this is going to be a really tough game for them. Interesting, though, isn't it? Because the perception of Brighton is, and we've mentioned this again on the podcast quite a lot, and I think we did, me and Alex Crook had a bit of a to and fro about it last Thursday, was... That Brighton are doing much better than they were last season. Well, they've got less points than they had last season. Mm. And they're in a situation where they've won once in the last nine games. And that win was against Bournemouth. So for all the perception that they're playing better football and they're enjoying, the, the fans are enjoying what is on display for them, ultimately they could still get dragged into a relegation issue here if oh, they yeah. don't start picking up points. Yes, but I would say the goal... Um, was superb against Villar Trossard. That was yeah. fantastic. I've just taken him out of my dream team as well. So obviously yeah, he course, scored naturally. the next game. <laughs> the commentator's curse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cheers, but the, the pass from Dale Stevens into Neil Mopé was absolutely outstanding. What you would say is for the goal, you think, well, I'm a big fan of, of, um, of Webster, but maybe he needs to come out of the team. They've got Duffy now back fit. Him and Dunk, that's the two that you say, well, you know, that was Don't their, like Duffy, their though, solid does two. He? he left Duffy it, out at the beginning of the season when yes, Duffy was fit. Yes, which I think you know he's persisted with maybe Webster just needs to just need to come out the out the out the side for the minute and look at the goal the one player I mean Villa didn't have a forward they played with no forward El Ghazi was the furthest forward the one player you can't leave unmarked in that amount of space and Montoya tried to get back was Jack Grealish mm-hmm. and you know all he needs is a couple of yards it's a fantastic finish but I'm sure he's pulling his hair out thinking you know Webster had no one other to mark neither did Montoya apart from Grealish and just left him in too much space okay uh, so Kane injured 
Callum Wilson clearly out of form. Yeah. Rashford injured. Yeah. If what you're do we do? Gareth Southgate, do you start to panic now, or do you start thinking it's okay? I can bring back Jamie Vardy, seventeen Ings. goals. Danny Ings, fourteen goals. Tammy Abraham, thirteen Premier League. Goals. I thought you were going to say if, if it was your dream team. What would you? Be? <laughs> obviously, okay, Gareth. Advice. Sterling's got eleven goals. Is there enough goals around? Is there enough solutions to those problems? I think it'd just be Tammy Abraham. He'd be the one. Not Ings. Get, the, why not? Why not? Danny I think Ings would certainly be involved, and it'd, it'd come off the bench but I think the way Gareth wants to play with that he's suddenly he's not going to suddenly rip up how he plays in terms of mm-hmm. you know that lone front man who can basically do it all as a nine and they get the attackers the wingers Sancho's whoever it may be Sterling's on the on, on the outside and the three in the midfield he's not going to change that but I think Danny Ings I'd love to see Vardy get back in the squad but you know I guess he'd want to play he wouldn't want to go away from no. home again and sit on the bench which is probably why he didn't bother you know playing for the last few years okay it's time for the commentators curse here we go Players, we're going to put the mockers on, or clubs, we're going to put the mockers on this week by uh, giving a statistical reason why in this round of matches they are going to overperform. Nicole, what have you got for us? So I'm going for Callum Wilson <laughs> after all of that. Look, I'm doing the opposite thing. I'm going for someone who probably won't score, but really, really needs a goal. So he hasn't scored in the Premier League since September the 28th. He needs a goal. Last season, he scored 14 goals in 30 games. So far, only five goals in 22 appearances. Um, I mean, look, we've already spoken about why he's not scoring. Mm. But at the end of the day, Bournemouth and Callum Wilson himself desperately needs a goal. And against Brighton, I think it's a game where he could nab one. So, Callum Wilson. I like the fact that David Connolly walked into the uh, studio and went, I've actually got one this week. <laughs> so proud. So, so what is this great stat that you've actually got? Oh, where's my music? I want my... Oh, do you want your own <laughs> music? <laughs> oh, right, okay. Here we go. Diva. Oh, it's Curse. I get it. Crikey, yeah. I mean, it, it's not that complicated. Okay. I like the cackle. So my commentator's curse is Jan Bednarik. So right, Jan okay. Bednarik has scored two goals for Southampton. Uh-huh. And those two goals have come in games where they have then gone 2-0 up, only to then lose 3-2. Wow. So, at the <laughs> weekend, obviously, he scored against Wolves, they're 2-0 up and absolutely flying. And before that, it was against Chelsea. He scored, they were 2-0 up and then they lost 3-2. So I'm going for Jan Bednarik to help Southampton score, go 2-0 up and then they'll probably lose 3-2 to Palace. Oh, right, okay. That's, that, that's a good stat. Yeah. Because I can imagine if you're a Southampton fan, like you're sitting there, oh, we're 2 0 aren't they? But you, it's Bednarek who scored. Do you know what that yeah, is? Just, just chill. Okay, here's my one. Uh, Tottenham haven't scored in the Premier League in 2020, but more worrying in the top division. It's now 195 minutes since Harry Kane got injured, and they haven't scored in the Premier League since. The last player to score a Premier League goal who wasn't Harry Kane for Tottenham in the Premier League was Christian Eriksen. And do you know who that was against? It was against Norwich City. And who did they play on Wednesday? Don't Norwich know. City. Oh, oh, how spooky is Comes that? Full curse. A bit easy, hey. that one, isn't it? A bit how obvious spooky. curse. A bit spooky. of an obvious curse. How spooky. Uh, you can subscribe to the Game Day Podcast via Acast or via Apple or Google uh, Podcast. You can also get it on Spotify as well. We'll be back later in the week with an FA Cup preview you can get all of our podcasts on the same feed so please rate and review david Connolly, thank you very much <laughs> and nicole holiday <laughs> lovely to see you in person by the way are you trying so to be great nice to see to... you oh okay yeah. i see uh, was that was that nicole's uh, cackle 
because I think Nicole could do a good I, I can do quite a good voiceover thing. there. <laughs> he's suggesting she's a bit of a witch. <laughs> oh, anything but. <laughs> okay, I think we're going to leave now. That was a game day Premier League preview show, a Talk Sport exclusive podcast. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.